This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Trump's big day in court. Number two, Republicans and Democrats agreeing on possible bank regulation. And number three, Representative Tony Gonzalez's primary fight. All right, let's get into it. Obviously, all eyes are what is happening in New York City as former President Donald Trump will be hauled in front of a judge to face serious criminal charges. Of course, this was a dream of something that Democrats have wished for a long time. uh, And that day is today. But the problem is it could all backfire on them. Trump, the first former president to be indicted in U.S. history, will surrender at the office of Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. Trump will be then taken to Judge Juan Merchant for his arraignment at 2.15 p.m. Trump will not be handcuffed or have to get a mugshot, but he will have to post bail if the judge orders it. During Trump's arraignment, there will be no cameras, cell phones, or even laptops allowed in the courtroom. Merchant ruled Monday night. Five pool photographers will be brought in briefly before the proceedings begin and then hustled out. A video camera will be allowed outside the camera, but it's notable that all of their trials on the same floor have been stopped for the day. So what do we know? Not a ton. The indictment handed down by the Manhattan grand jury against Trump hasn't been unsealed yet, so we don't yet know what charges he faces. There is a report at in Yahoo News that Trump will be hit with 34 felony counts for falsifying business records, but we won't know what the exact charges are until the indictment is unsealed. The strength of Bragg's case also is unknown to Trump. Trump has denied any wrongdoing and he's repeatedly blasted Bragg. On Monday, Trump accused Bragg and his wife of leaking details on the indictment to Yahoo and demanded Bragg be charged. The core of Bragg's case against Trump is an alleged $130,000 hush money payment to former porn star Stormy Daniels just before the 2016 election, but there also could be a lot more. In 2016, former Playboy model Karen McDougal tried to sell her story about an alleged affair with Trump. The National Choir paid her $150,000 but never ran her story. There's a ton of good timelines out there in a lot of news organizations. Uh, So if you want all of the details of what happened when and the possible allegations of that, uh, you can go a lot deeper in Punchable News AM. But today's proceedings, uh, I think, are important in a couple of different ways. One, there's going to be heavy, heavy security. Trump will be guarded by the Secret Service. The NYPD has had barricades up for the last two days outside both the courthouse and Trump Tower. Of course, there's... Members of Congress, including Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's going to be leading a rally this morning for Trump at a park near Bragg's office. We're told that a half dozen or more House Republican members could attend, but they are being warned to keep quiet for security reasons. And of course, MTG got into it 
with New York City Mayor Eric Adams on Twitter Monday night because, of course, uh, Trump is planning his own rally tonight back at Mar-a-Lago, and we expect more lawmakers to be there as well. But let's just zoom out a little bit, right? So this is going to be a very dramatic day. It's going to be a long day. There's going to be, this is one of the days for cable news to go kind of wall-to-wall coverage outside of the courthouse where we probably learn, you know, certainly we will learn what is in the indictment, but there's not as if there's going to be some, you know, massive drama that's playing out. This isn't the court case going to court. So I think a couple questions to just keep in mind here. One, will Bragg's case hold together? while Trump hammers him both in and outside of the courtroom? How will Michael Cohen, an admitted felon who was disbarred in 2019, come off with a jury? What about other possible witnesses? And it's also important to point out that there's never been a defendant in U.S. history like Trump. No defendant ever could command such media coverage or rile up legions of dedicated supporters, millions of them. Prosecutors usually have an enormous advantage over defendants. Not here. We will continue to cover this as it unfolds, and particular the imp- implications that it has in the Capitol, and how certainly Republicans and Democrats continue to react to uh, this ongoing case. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Very interesting look by Brendan Peterson on clawing back banker pay and how it actually has some bipartisan buy-in on Capitol Hill. So we've been covering it very closely, uh, the kind of the possibility of whether or not legislation will come following Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank's collapse last month. Progressives want to repeal the 2018 deregulation bill. Expanding federal deposit insurance levels has also gotten a lot of play. Um, But it's important to always note take the over when it comes to Congress, right? Getting reform bills done are always a tough sell. So it is surprising in recent days to hear widespread bipartisan support for an idea first pushed by the White House to make it easier for federal bank regulators to claw back bank executives' pay if their institution fails. It's not just the typical supporters. Of course, Senators Elizabeth Warren is on board with that, but also Republican Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, Catherine Cortez Master, the Democrat from Nevada, Mike Braun, the Republican from Indiana, all four of them introduced a bill last week that would do just that. The legislative road ahead is tricky, but the fact that there is any bipartisan interest in clawback reform is significant. The idea is broadly popular among Democrats. Representative Jim Himes, a Democrat from Connecticut who serves on the House Financial Services Committee, told us that bank officials shouldn't get paid, quote, in cases where management is or should have been aware of significant problems but took no meaningful action. It's not that surprising that Democrats are on board here, but it is more eye-opening when you look at the reaction from many Republicans in both chambers, and they say they're also open to the idea. Whether that's Brian Steele, the Republican from Wisconsin, also a member of the Financial Services uh, Committee, saying the idea was absolutely worthy of looking at. Representative Blaine Luktemeyer, a former banker who also sits on the panel, said if management managers did so poorly, they might face jail time or could be sued and lose in a court of law. I think that would be something that we could probably look at and support to try and claw back in that situation. There are several more. Uh, so really encourage you to take a look at all of the quotes and all of the members of Congress, Republicans and Democrats, who are 
seriously considering support here. Of course, that could all fall apart. It's unclear how the bank lobby is going to react and if they mobilize to try to kill the proposal. But so far, it is one where we're seeing a lot of legs. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Really interesting look by Mika uh, Solner here about Representative Tony Gonzalez, a Republican from Texas, clearly a thorn in the side of many conservative Republicans. Uh, he's been annoying Republicans both back home and on Capitol Hill for his approach to immigration. He has a very strong resistance to a border security bill in part prompted that prompted a censure by the Texas GOP last month. And now uh, it looks like he's going to be facing multiple primary challengers. Um, you know, he's also been the subject to political attacks from conservative Republicans. And the, the thing that's really interesting here, though, is as much as he's been a pain, uh, you know, in the butt here for her, to say the least, for Republicans, his fellow delegation so far is staying out of it whether it's Representative Roger Williams of Texas. I know he said some things, but I'm not following it. Representative Ronnie Jackson said he would absolutely not get involved in any kind of primary effort against Gonzalez. And what is most notable in this item to me is the fact that Representative Chip Roy, it's his border security bill that has been held up by Gonzalez and moderate Republicans, said he didn't want to engage when asked about primary threats to his fellow Texan. I'm not getting into that game, Roy said. We're here to do a job. I have no interest in getting into personality stuff. I feel pretty strongly about that. So let other people figure that out. Of course, we reported last week uh, that Gonzalez touted his Q1 fundraising numbers, an impressive $1.2 million haul that we scooped. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he is able to fend off and play the Texas Republican game, as well as the national Republican game in terms of politics, and also whether other conservative members outside of the state delegation uh, are going to get on board and actually get involved in this uh, primary. For example, Representative Matt Gates says someone to watch the Republican from Florida. He's blamed Gonzalez for delayed action on border legislation. Uh, we also have reported that Representative Andy Biggs, another border hawk, met with one of Gonzalez's challengers last week at the Capitol Hill Club. So ongoing drama in Texas that we will continue to bring you all of that coverage and a lot more. Uh, we also have some stories this morning on Senator John Cornyn, the Republican from Texas, ramping up his 24 Senate uh, fundraising, a look at who he's going to be supporting, as well as the fact that Representative Alyssa Slotkin, she's the Democrat from Michigan, who is running for Senate, raising $3 million in the first quarter of 2023. You can dig a lot deeper on all of that uh, by signing up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. If you like The Daily Punch, please tell your friends, share about it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. Have a great day and stay safe.